0: Welcome back, everybody. Mining Stock Daily. We're going to close the day out today with uh, a little bit of a a market update and also, I guess, a corporate update, if you will, uh, with Kendra Johnston of the Association for Mineral Exploration up in British Columbia. Uh, Longtime listeners of the podcast will know uh, my uh, love for that organization and my involvement for the last few years. And uh, we'll be heading back up there to Vancouver, B.C. uh, this winter for the roundup. Uh, More about that here in just a little bit. But first, Kendra, it's good to have you back on the podcast.
1: Hi, Trevor. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: It's been a little bit since you and I have been able to catch up. And uh, I think we we should – I would love to get your thoughts here, uh, general thoughts on not necessarily – your market thoughts, but really, let's talk about the the technical aspects of exploration right now. Given the backdrop of the market, um, you know, what are you hearing from the ground there, and, and from your your partnering companies with this with the association about the challenges of exploring right now? Any sort of general themes you're hearing?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this year has been a really interesting year from a market perspective. Um, you know, started off really strong has weaned off with, you know, inflation raising and all those things. And, and it's become really hard, obviously, to finance commodity prices and whatnot. So, um, you know, you would think that that has a really strong effect on, on mineral exploration, and, and it does. But at the same time, we're still hearing a lot of excitement from members. And, and there were a lot of people who financed, a lot of companies who financed last year or early in the year, and were really able to hit this year strong. So... You know, with everything going on in the world, which is you know very complex and and um, and a little bit worrisome and scary right now from a, a market perspective, there's still a lot of energy here in BC and a lot of uh, really great results that we're seeing from the field. From an on the ground working perspective, it's uh, you know it's always a challenge, and and we're getting more and more complex um, as we focus more on critical minerals key theme. Um, You know, we're looking to the future and and the types of things that we're going to need. And and that's a a really um, interesting and and, uh, deep space right now with everything going on both at the federal and the provincial level.
0: Uh, We've seen, at least in the United States, the federal government kind of step in and support a couple projects within that critical mineral space you know up in Canada what are, what are we seeing any sort of news that people should be watching for maybe even type of uh, policy uh, debates or ideas that are being presented up there
1: yeah, so there have been a lot of uh, cross-border conversations between uh, the federal Canadian government and the, the federal U.S. government, um, and some a lot of collaboration, which is really positive to see. And I mean, you know, as well as I do in this business, we are definitely cross-border, right? Our investors and our projects cross borders all the time. We, we cross to explore, we cross to promote, all of those things. And, and so to see that collaboration at the government level is a, a really great thing to see. Um, On the Canadian side, the federal government last year invested $3.8 billion into critical minerals uh, and that goes towards everything from foundational geoscience to infrastructure to get to some of these uh, mine sites that are perhaps a little bit more remote um, to studies of of how to explore and uh, extract uh, minerals and metals that aren't perhaps the normal ones that we know a lot about. Um, Provincially, we've seen some really great critical mineral strategies coming out from Ontario and Quebec. We saw the new federal uh, critical minerals tax credit, which includes copper as well. There's a 30% tax credit for anybody who's working on a copper project or exploring for a copper project. Um, So that, of course, with British Columbia, that's, you know, the major uh, metal that we're exploring for in BC so that's a really really big assistance to uh, to many of our members and then in British Columbia they're just working on a critical mineral strategy now and, and I think that we'll see that roll out hopefully early in the new year uh, so I think there'll be some exciting things coming and, and exciting announcements from the provincial government
0: Where does this leave the precious metals exploration sector, specifically gold? I mean, I know silver can kind of mix, you know, cross borders there, uh, speaking of, but where does this leave gold exploration?
1: Yeah, gold's always going to be a a key uh, metal to explore for, especially here in BC. I mean, we talk about copper being the the key commodity that we look for in, in BC, but I mean, we all know that most of those projects are copper gold projects they're mostly copper porphyries which include gold in them and so um, that's always going to be a a big uh, metal for us and it's you know we talk about it as a um, as a key part of currency as well right like it's it's a foundation it's it's not going anywhere it's uh, it's the one mineral and metal that most people know about they know how to explore for they're comfortable with they understand the market it will always be a key part of
0: of our industry there are there's been a number of great you know exploration highlights and news items this year out of british columbia specifically um i more than i could probably count which is i think the case every year uh, however i'm just kind of curious what has the highlight for the association been this year what have been the priorities set By you and the team, what have you been tackling, and you know, what are some of the updates on 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 those endeavors?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. There, there really has been a lot going on, and I think that's sort of the the post COVID, and fingers crossed, it's actually post COVID, um, run up to all these things that are are now changing. Right, there was so much focus put on healthcare as there should have been over the last couple of years, but now everybody's back into their normal groove, and all these policy updates that. we didn't see over the past couple years are, are coming home to to roost as it is. So uh, there's a few things that we've been really excited about. The number one priority for our members that they ask us to work on is permitting. It's always permitting. Permitting timelines are slower than we'd all like to see. I think we can probably say that in every jurisdiction but um, here in BC we've, we've uh, managed to get some funding. Uh, it was 18 million dollars over three years for regional Uh, Offices to go directly into uh, decreasing the timeframes and increasing the certainty for mineral exploration permits. So that was a huge win for us and a a really great um, point from government to show their support and their interest in mineral exploration in BC. So that was a a phenomenal um, piece of work for for all of our members. Um, And we're starting to see now... That roll out and and the time frames actually start to shorten a little bit so uh, you know we're still in the early stages we're only about six months into that three years of funding uh, so hopefully we're going to continue to see some progress there but that one was huge uh, the other key piece that uh, our members have asked us to work on is the public influence piece, our reputation uh, with the wider public who doesn't really understand mineral exploration or the difference between exploration and mining, um, the importance and the criticality of our industry to that low-carbon future and, and how we can um, assist not only in moving away from um you know more carbon heavy uh, fuels and, and products but more into reusable um, minerals and metals into understanding um, or you know being able to move into things like solar panels and wind turbines from an energy perspective and be able to assist uh, countries and individuals and communities from moving from where they currently are up into um, some first world uh, environments. So there's lots of things happening on that space. And then the third, of course, here in BC is always um, working with and collaborating with our local First Nation partners. Uh, and again, lots of work happening on that side. Um, some of your listeners might know that we have a, a um, lawsuit at the moment, of a court case going on. Um, around claim staking and working with our First Nations and when that consultation engagement needs to start and what that looks like. Um, so we're working a lot in, in that space as well and trying to provide some clarity there.
0: Okay. Uh, this breakdown is permitting. You mentioned you have started to see some early success. It hasn't been too long. But can you can you break down like a, a great example, a perfect example of how we're seeing some of those timelines get cut?
1: Yeah, so part of that is looking... Um, Looking at some of the projects that have been in process for way too long, uh, there's obviously issues with them, and it's taking them out of process, so that simply, you know, when you look at the average of how long those have been in there, it simply cuts it down because some of those longer ones have just been removed, they've either been denied or they've been uh, accepted and are moving forward, depending on what the case is. but the other thing that they've done is that there's a number of regional offices around the province, and they've started doing uh, what they're calling a batching process. And so permits are coming in at specific time frames, usually around the first of the month, and then the permits that have been collected by that time frame are being spread out across the province. And so it allows them to um, use their their human resources Um to make sure that all of those permits are being addressed as quickly as possible and they're trying to turn them around in that first month uh, to get them back to the proponent and out to the First Nations for consultation. So um, that's a really great step to be able to hit the ground running and know that there's been action right away in the permit and the consultation phase uh, with local First Nations is the longest part of the permitting process. So to get that to the First Nations as soon as possible uh, is really, really integral. So um, that's now happening and we're um, being able to turn some of those permits around quite quickly in areas where um, where the First Nations are quite familiar with mineral exploration and supportive of the work that's happening and, and they know the companies because the companies have been out and engaged on the ground already
0: so let's uh, the, the exciting news out of the association as it is usually this time of year every year is registration mm-hmm. is now open for roundup which will be late. January, early February, four or five days there, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, in Vancouver. Talk about the theme this year with Roundup. What's going to make this year different? Well, last year was quite <laughs> interesting, so I think that's easy one. But, you know, in general, what's going to make this Roundup different?
1: Yeah, last year was definitely an interesting Roundup, but um, so thankful to be able to, to have done that one in person and uh, to see yourself and, and many of our members back out was a, a great, uh, great joy for me. Uh, But this year, hopefully uh, more joyful with more people in attendance this year, we're back up to a full roundup conference, which is uh, so exciting to be able to say. Um, You're right, it is five days. We're starting on January 22nd with our Discovery Day, which is our family-friendly day. Um, Everybody is welcome to come out and bring their kids, bring their grandparents, bring their neighbors, whoever that is, uh, and share the passion of what we do in mineral exploration with those around them. Um, We then go off into our uh, icebreaker later that Sunday and then um, really kick off on the Monday morning, January 23rd. Um, We've got... Four full days of technical talks, Um, we've got 60 companies, Uh, we are sold out in our core shack, we've got our project generators and our prospectors uh, hubs and tents back this year. Um, Poster session up for all four days this year, that's a first for us, Uh, usually they're up on the Monday, um, so people will be able to come in and read about the science and the great uh, new innovative research that's happening at the university level and the government level. So, lots of great things happening. Of course, all of our keynote sessions are back as well. Um, Our awards gala, which you know you are intimately familiar with as well, Trevor, uh, as our Mm -hmm. MC for that event. So. it's going to be a really great year. I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody. And, and sorry, you asked about this year's theme, which I forgot, is critical to our future. And so really hitting home those points of how we're critical to the economy, how we're critical to communities, we're critical to the energy transition, and we're critical to everything we do to be able to move forward uh, as a society productively and, and responsibly.
0: Uh, I know last year, uh, getting this off the ground in person was challenging and, and you weren't without probably some constructive criticism on it uh and i think i told you that i give you kudos for saying we're going to do this within the parameters that you know is appropriate with the uh, restrictions and you did it and so i i was super proud of you and your team for making sure that It happened in person. But it wasn't the same. There were some things that just weren't the same, and we know that. Uh, But some of those things that necessarily didn't happen last year, such as the big networking events, are going to be back this year.
1: They are indeed (laughs) going to be back this year. We've got uh, BC Night and our regular band booked. Uh, we've got all of our happy hours happening uh, in the exhibit hall, which is great. That was one of the, the biggest yeah. uh, disappointments last year, I think, for people, is that they, they couldn't have that networking and that beer social uh, in the exhibit hall after the, the long day of, uh, of exhibiting. So, yes, all of those social events are back and in full swing, and, uh, yeah, we couldn't be more thrilled about that.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm very excited. to. Th- I think back to normal. Maybe the sub-theme will be back to normal. We can make that happen. (laughs) Uh, So everybody, if you're interested in attending, the the website is roundup.amebc.ca. You can find the registration information there. Uh, I will be there once again uh, with a number of events and also conducting interviews. Uh, Kendra will be catching up probably once again here later this year with some more updates from Roundup and the association. But until then, uh, best of luck and thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Great to see you.
0: The information presented should not be considered investment advice.